Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Office Hours the Photographers Are In. I'm Ashton Staniszewski. I'm David Patino. And welcome to Office Hours, the official podcast of NAB is basically Christmas in April podcast network. Yeah, there we go. Coming <laughs> off of the NAB high. So don't don't buy any of the stuff that B&H is parading in front of you. It's uh, it's not really that great of a deal. Wait till Black Friday. <laughs> Black Friday. Black Friday. That's your day. Uh, welcome to Office Hours, everybody. We appreciate you coming in. This is episode 11. Office Hours is the podcast where we talk about all sorts of things creative, especially what makes the creative folks tick. I actually am really excited. Today we have an incredible guest. Uh, we have Mike Martin, a very, very accomplished portrait photographer, and he's the general manager uh, of marketing for Casio Music North America. True story. Um, so he's chatting with us today. And yeah, Mike, welcome to the program. Hey guys, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. I've been listening since episode one. Ooh. <laughs> Long time listener. I'm your first fan. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's creepy. This, this is, the, stalk- this is <laughs> the stalker edition. <laughs> so basically, anyone listening is like, hey, if I listen to these guys long enough, maybe they'll invite me on. It's pretty much how it works. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come have a beer with us. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's funny because David and I actually talked about you before. As, you know, as you are a client of David's. That's right. Uh, at every once in a blue moon. And he talked to me about, you know, you have a really interesting role at Casio and kind of how you started from that. So, I mean, would you mind kind of starting and sharing from your story? You studied music in college, right? I studied music in college, although uh, photography was before that. Uh, So, I've had a a mix of both really my whole life. Uh, I started out, you know, playing piano, I think, as a lot of people do and when they're real young, my parents bought us a piano when we were, I was three years old or no third grade. And that's what it was. And, uh, so music has always been a big part of my life. And when I was a teenager, that's when I got heavily involved in photography back in the film days. I had a, had a Minolta X 700. My father was also a photographer. In fact, he was a photographer back in his Naval Academy days. So he was shooting film of all kinds of things when he was in the Navy. And later in life, uh, he bought a, a Minolta X700, bought me a Minolta X700, and that was one of the things we used to do together all the time as I was a teenager growing up. Was he a musician too or no? He was. Uh, yes, he was. He was, a, well, he was a trumpet player. Oh, all right. So, so it was all built up in the family. I think it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's somewhere, somewhere in the blood. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I guess at some point in my high school years, I was really heavily in, involved in both music and photography. And here in New Jersey, actually, I lived at the time, and a uh, great photography program at the local high school, Randolph High School, for everyone listening in the New Jersey world. But uh, I moved, my junior year of high school, moved to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and they didn't have a photography program. Oh, and shit. so I I kind of, I mean, music is was where it was at. Um, and so all my focus went into music. I went into college for music. Oh, crazy. Um, originally music education. 
but I knew I wanted to be involved in in the tech side. I knew I wanted to be involved with right, the right. gear, synthesizers, and were synthesizers, fun. Yeah. and you know, digital recording was just about to start happening. And I knew I wanted to be involved in that side of it. And it was trying to figure out, well, how do I get there? You know, I'm reading Keyboard Magazine. Sure, sure. How do I how do I do that? And um, basically, it was working in a music store is really what got my my career on in the music industry going right was just selling a lot of gear right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you got scared and realized that you needed to get a real job kind of uh, <laughs> yeah i mean i had a lot of friends that were you know great great musicians and they all they all packed their bags sure. and went to nashville and some of them you know their majority of them are still there today some of them making it quite well yeah, yeah. but i was i was chicken yeah you know I, you know my parents were always like oh, get the real job get right. the real job you know and uh, luckily, I was able to do that. I took, you know, the job of selling in a music store to then a job working at a, at a software company. I was working at Sonic Foundry right. back in the day. And then I started working for a keyboard company directly, which was Kurzweil in, in sales. So, you know, traveling across the U.S., demonstrating and selling keyboards, it, it was an absolute cool. blast. And with camera in hand the whole time? So, no, <laughs> it just it just didn't. You know, I think in, in those days, days uh the focus was completely on on the music side yeah um and honestly i didn't pick the camera back up really until i got here uh, in at casio at casio at casio and, and i think asked you to take a picture of something a little bit a couple a combination of things happened it was um you, you have this whole iphone photography phenomenon right. i mean this goes way back to iphone four or whatever okay and uh, at the same time, Casio makes cameras. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> they made, I mean, at, at the time, they, they made excellent point and shoot cameras. So when I started doing videos for product videos at Casio, that's, that's what we were using. Oh, no we, kidding. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you got to use your own kit. Absolutely. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. You have to. And so, but I mean, it wasn't very long before I realized, okay. I've, I've got to step this up and, um, and I started looking into, you know, getting a DSLR. Yeah. So, so I've been shooting with a DSLR for the last, you know, seven years or so, but you know, I still have my Minolta X 700. Sure. I still have all that gear that I used to have. It's just, I think as a, as a musician, well, film got expensive, yeah. you know, all those things. And, you know, I guess, Life my, got my in the life way. got in the yeah, way. Exactly. So I think it's the problem that everybody has that you know, you just you get bogged down with stupid shit and right. there's no time. <laughs> right. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, here I am at at Casio. This is coming up on 11 years ago and you know, we'd get we'd get product photos from Japan, but they're all very sort of generic, sterile photos there was yeah. nothing with any pizzazz and and i just i immediately started diving back in and learning and trying to figure out well how do i get that so cool and you know teaching myself everything again i think i had a great basis for composition sure. back in the day but there was a lot about lighting and other things that i've i've had to completely learn myself youtube, YouTube. <laughs> well so. i mean this is actually really i mean this is incredible because you know we talked with um you know we talked with um second melody founder last episode and you know there was this talk about the having to know a lot of different things you kind of have to have wear those multiple hats and i think that's the thing that you're starting to see now it's like you 
can't just be a, a one trick pony. You kind of have to know a couple of them. And so to say you came in for one purpose at Casio and then, you know, oh, hey, we need to also do X, Y, or Z. Right. And so you, you're starting to own those pieces. I think that's, that's uh, I mean, yeah. kind of a precursor to how things are now. You know, you kind of have to do a lot of those things now if, if you're working in the marketing department of a, of a large company. I, I think that's in marketing or a lot of jobs these days, but I think especially in marketing, your ability to to wear more hats, to be able to handle things web-related or handle things visually related, uh, or in my case, also audio-related, all of those things play into to what you do. I mean, we're, we're consuming media all the time, you know, on our phones and on our computers, and that's how you have to deliver it these days. And it needs to be quality. You need to capture people very quickly. So if you're putting content out there, it has to be as good as you can possibly make it. So with limited budgets, you know, given the most right, right. So, you know, with limited budgets, if I, if, you know, if I couldn't afford to hire David or, or, or whoever that I needed at the time is okay. How, how can we figure out to do it ourselves? It's awesome. It's awesome. awesome. It's awesome. It's a lot of work. It's, you know, it's, it's I'm sure it's a giant pain in the ass too. (laughs) Exactly. It's it's all, it's all of those things. Depends on the day. So, um, you know, but I think it's probably, realistic to a lot of companies these sure. days you know oh, every, every, absolutely you know i think there's like a there's this allure of uh the world of commercial photography and, and don't get me wrong it does exist somewhere um but more days than not it's like like what you said like we need a picture of this now yes how are we going to do this and, and it's not some big grand elaborate i mean you hear the name casio and you think like oh my god they, you must roll out the grip trucks and you know, to make this picture of the keyboard and like, no, it's probably you in the conference room knocking yes. it out, you know, yes. like, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like a million bucks and, and, and away you go. I mean, it's not always, uh, you don't always have the, the big budget and the big glorious, you know, photo shoot. Sometimes it's just, we got to have this now right. or yeah. yesterday, <laughs> Correct. you know, there's only one of these that exists and it's in our office right now. We can't wait for somebody to come I, I in and shoot that, it. I think that's often the problem is, yeah. is time, especially when you're dealing with a new product launch is okay, uh, the show that you're going to launch this at is in a month or not even a month. It's in a couple of weeks and you need signs, you need literature, you need, yeah. you need materials on the website and that you don't even have the prototype yet to, right. take, to take that photo. So it, it, it becomes a combination of time and budget, you know, all hitting at once. Yeah. So you do what you do out of necessity sure. sometimes and you know you make mistakes along the way and next time you hopefully do it better yeah or you plan better you know budget wise or you you know sure i mean i'm i'm privy to part of the inside because we've worked together and and uh, you know there are times where 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 mike will call and say hey i've got this thing you know give me a price and and let's do it and and then there are times he calls and he says i've got to do this thing and i've got to do it tomorrow and i've only got this much you know that, and that's a that's yeah. a big part, of it. and and you're not the only one that does that to me. A lot of people do that <laughs> right. to me, obviously, and I think that's a huge thing in the world. Is that like sometimes you just go and it and no, it's not the right price, it's not the right thing, but like, you know, I have a relationship with you on a on a personal level, a relationship with you on a business level, and so I'm going to foster that the best I can in both right. worlds, and so, you know, 
I don't feel so guilty now. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, I guess like it seems to me that you know, my, you're you're wearing a lot of different hats in your role. I mean, you're you're content creator, you're a marketer, you're you're, you're thinking about all these different parts of of the process, right? Not right. just one specific slice of it. You know, I guess how challenging is that? You know, having to swap left brain and right brain. You know, like I think that you know we have the luxury of kind of being very much in our own little swim lane. You know, like we know exactly what we do and we do it really, really well. Um, and very rarely do we have to kind of cross cross over. But for someone like in your your position where you've been doing this for you know you said ten years now, so you're constantly flipping from one side to the other. You're thinking, yeah. okay, well, if we have a product launch in three weeks. I have to think about all of the nuts and bolts that go into a launch, but then I also have to think about the stuff we got to make, like the widgets we got to make for that. And you got to make your numbers and make the and numbers. You make the numbers. You got that whole yeah. side of it too. Like, <laughs> got to hit numbers. We so I mean, like, Lord. how was dealing with that over over your career? I mean, like you know, that's that's got to be a challenge. So over, it, it absolutely is a challenge, and. You know, I think one of the things that's allowed me to be successful in in this job as a, as a um, marketing manager for for musical instruments is that I'm really passionate about it. So, you know, I I landed in a market my first marketing job at at another keyboard company. You know, I, I fell into that role almost by accident. It was because well, there were there were layoffs and you know. Hey, Mike, can you do this too? Would you be interested in helping out? And I was like, okay. So next thing I know, I'm designing ads. And um, so it's been an experience over my entire career, not just the last 10 at, at Casio, to to learn all these all the nuts and bolts. And, you know, juggling it, all the different things, it's 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 not easy at all. I mean, luckily, um, there is other staff, you know, at Casio, we've got a, a marketing services department that, you know, handles the watch division. That's, that's, that's Casio's bread and butter. And, and so they're able to help us out with some of the bigger, you know, bigger things like trade shows, mm-hmm. uh, the NAM show and things like that. But uh, budgets and all of the, uh, the paperwork side, that has been the hardest part. To me, the marketing side is, is the easy part. I love this product. Right. It's easy to talk about it. I want to tell you about it and let me figure out the best way to get there. And so that's been, I, that's come natural to me. And I think, I mean, you guys are photographers. There's gear that you love that you're really passionate about. And, you know, if you're just, you know, talking to each other about it, like you should buy this, right. you should buy this piece of kit. You should buy, you should buy this pro photo or whatever it happens to be. Unless it's uh, a Sony camera, then it, I'm not interested. Yeah, exactly. All, Sony yeah. all those things with one card yeah. slots, you know, so. By the way, can we talk about how good LaCroix is? LaCroix is the <laughs> so best. Delicious. I'm actually drinking a delicious so, key lime now. Uh, I'm having uh, a great It's like dessert myself. in a can. <laughs> yeah. Refreshing. The key lime is my favorite, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. <laughs> LaCroix, your move. Go on, uh, you were saying. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be great to do marketing for LaCroix? <laughs> you know? There you go. But when you've got a passion about something, right. you know, it, it it makes your job a lot easier. And then the you know, the other side of the brain, well, that's that's challenging and that's work. And, you know, that's the hard part of the day, making, you know, presentations for, for 
the headquarters in Japan and and making the numbers right. and and the budgets and all of those pieces. But you know, you guys deal with that on a different level and in, sure. in your own business. You you have budgets, you got to keep the lights on yourself. Yeah. So uh you know, you you learn to do it. Yeah. Because you have to. Right. <laughs> you have to. You, so, yeah, your yeah. life depends on it. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I did, I did not go to school for business or marketing. You know, I went, I was a music major. Right. You went to play keyboards. I went, yeah, I, <laughs> went to, I, I wanted to be involved in, yeah, in gear. I have a music industry degree and that teaches me how to use a recording console. Right. You know, <laughs> and sell records, <laughs> things like that, you know. So. Uh, wild. But yeah, I've, I've learned to pick it up and, and it's, it's been a wild ride. Sure. It's cool that you found some some weird way to put it all together and you know and and make it work. Not yeah. only at 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 the job at Casio now, but like you are uh, you know uh, you have a, a thriving photography business. I don't, I don't even know if I would call it on the side. It's not even on the side. Yeah, like, come on, a, it's, like, it's <laughs> it's the best side hustle. Okay, ever. you don't you don't do it. Monday through Friday, maybe, but well, no, you do because you borrowed shit from me the other day to do a shoot. I <laughs> so, yeah, I had a shoot on Tuesday. See, but yeah, I mean, so maybe it's not your nine to five. It's not my nine to five, and I guess, but you're shooting on the regular, more regular than, basis. more than most yeah. people I know. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> definitely shooting more than the weekend warrior does. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's super interesting to say like you started, you picked the camera back up because of your day job, but then the side hustle took over it took oh, over now- for, okay so let, let me describe how that happened a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um my son is an aspiring actor he's actually in college in new york working on his acting career and so rewind many years ago when he's a a young teenager and getting involved with agents in the chicago area and trying to you know to get work uh, as a as a young teen actor so, you know, what does an actor need? He needs headshots. And so we went, you know, we, we're frugal and we, we looked on all the, <laughs> the websites in Chicago for, for photographers and found a great photographer. His name is Mike Sansone. Great, great headshot photographer. He's part of Peter Hurley's head, headshot crew. He wasn't at the time, but his work was already quite, quite good. Sure, sure. And we went to his apartment, actually, uh, for my son's headshots. And I just sucked it all in. <laughs> I mean, I was totally absorbed in everything he was doing. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to pay anybody to do this again. <laughs> nothing, nothing against him. He, sure, deli- sure. he delivered outstanding work, but yeah. I'm like, I, I think I can do that. <laughs> and so, you know. You know, he's a teenager because, you know, he's going to need headshots again next year because right. he's going to yeah. look completely different. Uh, so I won't have to pay that fee, maybe. Uh, what I learned is I can never take headshots of my son because <laughs> Cause he's, your son. Cause he's my son. So he's never. I'm never going to be able to get the look out of him that somebody else can sure. that, uh, you know, doesn't know him. They're just going to engage with yeah. someone else. But the whole time, you know, it was it was. It started with that. It was, you know, started as how do I how do I get headshots? And in the meantime, you know, I'm taking pictures of birds and landscapes and everything. And one amazing thing about this job, and also complicated thing about this job, is I'm traveling all the time. Right. And photographer photography just became such a passion for me that well, I take my camera everywhere. Sure. 
I carry my camera bag every single day. Yeah. I have no intention of taking photos every single day. But um, just in case. But just in case. So, uh, you know, I've got photos of like unbelievable sunsets in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, well, it's right next to my hotel. Right. I was, you know, I, I landed at the airport. I'm driving to the hotel and I see the sun coming down. I mean, I, I just dropped my suitcase off and went straight to, to shoot sunsets sure. because I had the evening free. My business is the next morning. Right. So, I've been able to almost travel the world for my for my day job, but also... Um, take landscapes and and all kinds of right. things. You get to fuel your personal, yeah, by it, traveling for your day job. By traveling, which is cool. Yeah, because so, most people would hit like we were just talking before we 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 click the record button, and we were saying like you know you're the kind of guy who's you know your flight gets delayed and you you stop by the airport and take pictures because you found this beautiful setting. And Ash and I are the kind of people who just like go to the airport and pull our hoodies up and take a nap or something right. because we're. <laughs> But you 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 tend to seize the moment and and go and make shit because you I, have to. I think you want to. I want to, and I think um, this is just one part of me, I guess, as a creative. And and this is part of our discussion before we started recording that whether you're a musician or a photographer, it's 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 something in you that you have to do. Yeah. Um, so if I'm in a if I'm in a car traveling someplace, well, I can't be playing music. I'm not a guitarist. I'm not, I don't have an acoustic, you know, that I'm traveling with. Right. Um, and to some degree I can take my laptop and, and, and work on music on the road, but it's, it's almost become therapeutic for me as well. So it's a way for me to forget about the, uh, you know, the, the nine to five job a little bit and yeah. use that creative thing in a way that, you know, I can go for a walk. And I can enjoy a sunset or, um, you know, enjoy that part. And, uh, you know, I say it's my yoga. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you you have a knack for, uh, let's put it this way. I don't know if you're always looking for a photo, but you have a hell of a knack for finding one. I mean, I've been with you on numerous occasions where you go, oh, look at that. And you literally just like, I've got my camera with me. And next thing you know, like, there's a literally like a 600 millimeter lens on and he's, <laughs> and he's out the door. And I'm like, hey, aren't we going to shoot this keyboard today? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you got it. I'll, I'll be back in a bit. Yeah, and that's he's, because you had an owl in your front yard. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's quite, the, that's quite the walking around lens. Yeah. No, he's yeah. got, what was it? The, uh, the Tamron. Uh, no, excuse me. The Sigma 150 Sigma, to 600. 150 to 600. Which when he bought it, I said, that's the most ridiculous lens. You'll never use it. And, and I've used it. it every I damn use it day. all the time. Hold, hold my LaCroix. <laughs> hold my LaCroix. I see an owl. <laughs> No, I mean, well, I think this is super, super interesting because, uh, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, um, you know, the idea that, you, you know, we have like self projects or personal projects mm -hmm. and they're very much like creative calisthenics, right? They're things that you feel you have to create. You wake up with this urge to make something that is purely for you Agreed completely, and, it, yep. and it drives that kind of it drives your ambition to get it done. Right. right? And right. that's where your most rewarding stuff comes from. I think the challenge, you know, and, and the challenge then becomes like for, for people like us, we're like, I mean, I can only speak for myself, David, chime in if you want, mm -hmm. but like I'm in my swim lane, I'm doing this every single day to, you know, pay my mortgage and get all my bills paid. And that becomes like the, the make something for myself becomes further down the priorities list. Despite the fact right. that it is probably the most important thing I should be doing. Right. And so I think like when you're 
And I noticed this when I had an agency job and I noticed this when in creatives that have like a nine to five and then a side hustle, like a creative side hustle. It's like, you're just chomping at the bit to get to the, the side hustle bit. And it's, it keeps it fresh and it keeps it fun because it's like, it's an escape. Right. And so to, to hear that you have that alive and well is just, it's absolutely, I mean, like inspiring. It's, it's inspiring. Absolutely. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing you say that you take your camera with you every single day. And it's like, that's, that is, that's that's <laughs> picking up that's like that's going to the gym every day that's picking up yeah, the weight it, and just doing you carry it you know? a 600 like, millimeter with you every day I, I don't every, every day yeah it's like i i feel like what's as, in your as, camera bag <laughs> not not a 600, not a 600. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but i can tell you like as a as a photographer you know i, I find that to be inspiring and i i hear you say it and i go damn i need to I need to do that more. Like I hear and I go, that's, I need to bring my camera everywhere I go because yeah. that's how you get, that's how you get the stuff that makes you happy. You know, it's yeah. like, it's finding a sunset when you have a layover that's longer than an hour, you know, right. it's, it's poking around when you have some time to take a walk. And I think that as creatives, and I think you can put this into whatever, whatever specific niche you serve as like, as your primary focus. Like if you're a designer, like y- you probably don't spend a lot of your, your free free time designing for yourself. You right. you you think, well, I need to do something else. I, you know, and I, I think that's really important to say here you say, like, yeah, I bring my stuff everywhere I go if with the idea that it might happen today. Right. And that, you know, I think one one other element of this is you know, I'm a musician, I create music, I write music. And so I would leave my nine to five job and I would go sit down in the evening and say, Oh, I'm gonna work on music tonight and do something for me with music and what am I sitting at a Casio keyboard and while my intention was to to work on my music it it immediately becomes oh I can do a YouTube video on what I just figured out how to do (laughs) on on you know this Casio synthesizer or you know whatever happens to be so the I got to a point where the work wasn't stopping honestly uh, the work for Casio was was right. never stopping, and honestly, I got a little bit away and have gotten away of doing music for myself. But the personal creativity side has completely been taken over by photography. Yeah. And then, you know, I guess the other part of I guess we'll get to is well, then I figured out well, I need more toys. Right. How can I make more <laughs> money with photography? How can I support my hobby? Um, how can I help with my son's college fund or, you know, all yeah. of those things. So it was, you know, let's, let's learn to do portraiture, you know, let's, you know, let's learn to shoot weddings, you know, all the things that I've done sure. in the last really five years. Well, this is a great segue because, you know, we mentioned before that you're quite a talented portrait photographer. And so you had, you know, you went into a nine to five doing something that you, you love to do rightly so. Mm-hmm. But then you have these these urges to kind of like get away from that, escape from that compartment of your day to day. And so you found photography again, and that was kind of your 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 mental escape. But then you kind of leaned a little bit harder into that as a like a hobby into like a real side hustle where you're you're making money now. You're doing actual work. Doing work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 quite good work, mind you. Like you you're making great portraits. You have a great use of light. I mean, if you haven't, y'all, if you haven't seen it, um, you should, if you haven't looked it up while listening to this, you should stop, pull over your car wherever you are. Um, <laughs> Plug it. And, and get on Instagram. 
there you go. Take a look at some of Mike's work. It's actually, it's really incredible. Uh, a, a really great use of off-camera um, high-speed sync flash to create these yeah. really stunning portraits where there's incredible separation. Looks really great. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely unique. I appreciate it. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things as I've become so into photography, I've, I've also... <laughs> and I, yes, I'm, I was told you earlier, I'm, I'm your first fan because I, I listen to podcasts all the time and be it podcasts or YouTube, it's, it's amazing how much you can learn and you can learn it quickly. You can pick up something in a podcast and, and apply it the next time you pick up a camera. Mm -hmm. And so learning uh, high speed sync, learning off camera flash, all of those things has been a, a big part of me Well, looking at my local photo market and trying to figure out how I can differentiate myself um, with my work versus versus others. So, Mike, you started picking photography back up for your day job as like this this way to kind of help do your day to day. But then it became a creative release for you, kind of a way to kind of get your mind off of the workspace. But then you kind of found a business in that, right? And you started kind of creating and crafting a portfolio, a body of work that you could call your own, and you've made that pretty successful. Talk to us about, you know, taking that side hustle and and really kind of driving it forward like you have. Well, I, I guess the first thing I would say is it takes a lot of practice. Just like, you know, you guys have more years in this than I do uh, behind a camera. But through, through YouTube, through podcasts, you know, every time I press that shutter button, I'm, I'm learning something. And... You know, whether I'm taking a landscape uh, or a portrait or a picture of a, of a bird, whatever it happens to be, I, I think I'm learning, I'm, I'm improving with every picture I take, no question. And so when it became things like in my local market, oh, would you take pictures of our kids for this event? Or there's a prom or there's a school dance. Would you do, you know, do pictures? It was, uh, well, how, how can I do this at another level? And so, you know, learning, learning off-camera flash, learning high-speed sync, learning all of those things, uh, I put a lot of time, you know, it takes time and, and practice. So, and, and looking at when it became more of a business, it was also, well, looking at my local market, there's a lot of photographers. Everybody's a photographer these days, it seems. So, yeah, I'm that truth. guy. I'm that guy. Total truth. Uh, but... How can I differentiate my photography from everyone else in my local market? And, and off-camera flash was a big part of that. And, you know, so it was interesting that I was able to some degree to combine one of the things that I personally like to take pictures of, landscapes. You know, let's, let's, let's get that, that beautiful sky mm -hmm. and then combining that with properly exposing a portrait in front of that. And well, you know, the only way is, is with off-camera flash. Sure. And so, uh, you know, it, it took a lot of time and then, you know, the rest of the part, it certainly started out as, as word of mouth in my local community. So it's, it's my son's friends and, and their friends that I'm taking a lot of photos of, but then it turned into, you know, getting the website up and doing other things in my local area to, you know, start getting, work for people that I've never met before. Right. You've, you've taken the same path that, that we've all taken, which is like, Oh, I, I learned something and then I learned how to make $5 doing it. And then I learned how to make $50 doing it. And then, and then I got a website 
and then I got a better website. Right. And then I got an even better website. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, you, it doesn't stop. Yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's the same, you know, you're, you're on the same path as like everybody. Like we all have to do that thing where we, what, what, what I find interesting is that you still think, and most guys and girls forget this. You still think that every time you click the button, you're learning something new. And most guys and girls who do this for a long period of time don't want to admit that they're learning something new because they think that that makes them less of a photographer. They don't know everything or, and that's bullshit because it's so true. It's so true that like every time you, you mess up, you literally learn something new. You've learned to not do that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like, those are the best days. Like the days where you're like, oh man, I just struggled for 15 minutes. Like you now know to never do that again or how to correct in that situation. Or, and I think you got to keep an open mind like that and think like, Hey, I'm here to like, Oh yeah. Always. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of chimping like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because you know, that's, and that's the amazing thing of, about where we are today. Technology wise is, Mm. you know, you can look at that photo and immediately make it better. Um, you can apply something and, and improve upon that in an instant. Yeah. And as opposed to, you know, waiting days for that film to come back and like, Oh, darn it. You know, I missed, I missed it. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Every time, I I pick the camera up. I'm learning something, or I'm trying a different lens that's going to give me a different perspective. Uh, you know, we had a conversation the other day about you know vintage lenses and and mm-hmm. the differences of using you know, those old manual focus lenses adapted versus sure. modern glass. You know, there's a different look sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, they're paying the ass, but sometimes right. <laughs> um, the, the way that you know it's going to flare is just right. amazing and unique. I mean, you can do some things in post, but. Get, yeah. it, get it right in camera. We, we were actually talking about this last night that that the old lenses flare because the new ones are so coded on yeah, every on every single element coatings, yeah. they don't do what they used to do, and sometimes you miss that stuff, you know, that you right. get. And like, well, and I think it's almost interesting if you talk if you want to talk about like old things being new again. I mean, now they have filter presets and apps <laughs> right. that add imperfections yeah. to your yeah. pictures let's bring all that grain back that it's, we spend yeah we want the green i want the flare <laughs> give me the give me the soft vignetting like i want those and, things and back. i will totally admit and and you know we started out talking about this a little bit you know i was using casio point and shoot cameras mm-hmm. and i had an iphone and what do we have at the time you know there's there's apps and right. this is before instagram but you know there's hipstamatic and oh, yeah. and hipstamatic, hipstamatic. Yeah. hipstamatic yeah. Forgot there about that one. oh that was a great one yeah and so you could choose your film and all that business but uh i was like wow i can you know i could do this on my phone but how do i how do i make this for something i could really use yeah. and, and so you know learning learning cameras again and and learning post-processing you know there's there's a whole road to go down and you know i mean this is like very much like the creative growth chart right it's the you learn apply refine repeat right like that's it's kind of that until and if the day that you stop doing one of those steps is the day that you're you're done you hang it up because you know, like to your point earlier, David, like it's, this is what, this is what that is. It's like, it's how you continue to improve, how you push that craft forward, how you learn to do things newer and better. And, um, it's just a continuing process. Yeah. And whether it's on the, you know, the, the music side, you know, you're learning, learning better techniques for, for, for mixing audio and, and making that final mix where it needs to be or photography, the same thing, kinds of things apply. You're always learning that new tool, that, that new process that's going to get your work to the next right. level. And, and for me, like I said, it, it kind of doesn't stop 
that that part of my brain sure. is always going. And so figuring that out and then learning, you know, my other side of the brain and saying, well, how are you going to market that? How are you, how can you right. make more money from that? Let's say, let's say that nine to five job goes away. Would I be able to support myself with photography? You know, who knows? Probably. But, but I'm, al- <laughs> but, but I'm always, I mean, that's always in the back of my mind sure. is, you know, the world's always changing. So, um, you know, I, I've done more than a handful of weddings at this point is, you know, well, that'd be one way I could make right. X amount of money, but, uh, landscapes that's a much harder way to make money yeah. and, you know so if you look at my 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 instagram or my website there's a little bit of everything and but what i try and tell my portrait clients in particular is like sort of what i explained earlier is you know my ability to do good landscapes is doing nothing but helping the quality of, totally. of the portraits because you shoot 90 percent on location almost always right yeah very i mean i i try to practice in studio as much as i can but right. most most of it's on location yeah. somewhere well and i mean i don't know i think there's like a in uh, to pull in some musical things here yeah, i'm not a musician or i'm not a trained musician but i think that in every creative niche that we that there is you know there's a certain level of improvisation oh yeah absolutely yeah and it's like you know it's the idea that you know when we're in a shoot, it's like, if you don't get the desired result, if you chimp and you see that, oh, that's, that's not right. You can, you can improv that and you can kind of figure, okay, well, let me, let me tweak this, this parameter. Or let me bump this light up or let me move the talent this way. Just like if you were, you know, in a jam session, you know, you're, you're vibing off of what the other players are giving you. You kind of roll with the punches. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a skill, right? Like that's, that's something that you have to, you have to refine, you have to work on. You only get to, to be a, you know, a jam king if you can, if you do it enough, right? It's all about repetition and kind of learning the ins and outs of your craft. Totally. It helps to be a geek. And, and <laughs> yeah, you know, that and, doesn't hurt. Right, you, know, and I'm, you know, I'm an, I'm an absolute geek, whether it's synthesizers or recording equipment. And now of course, photography equipment, I'm an absolute geek and uh, I'm also cheap. So learning, <laughs> learning to maximize what I have and get absolutely absolute most out of that. Um, you know, I'm sorry to say on, on this podcast, I'm I'm a single card shooter because because I'm cheap. But God I'm gonna, bless I, you. <laughs> <laughs> actually, what's he, funny is he. Pure, what's funny is he has he has two card slots. He just can't afford the second card. <laughs> Purest. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, you know, learn, learning to make the most out of everything you have, you know, people, you know, people always say, oh, you must have a great camera. And, and they pull out their camera and it's like, it's probably it's better than mine, you yeah. know, whatever they went and bought <laughs> because they wanted to take, take, learn to take right. photos. I absolutely respect that. You know, I think we, you know, we've talked about, about gear and, and, I mean, I personally subscribe to the whole idea of, of doing more with less, you know, um, it's not, because I've met, I've met a plenty of, of, of artists and creatives that could totally kick my tail with half the, the equipment, half the gear, half the toys. And so I think whenever I see one of those artists making their work and, and making a killing from it or doing their thing, like it fuels me to try harder, you know, like okay, well, let me learn my gear better. Let me know it like the back of my hand. Let me understand how it works and what the limitations of it are. I think that that's a, 
it's a great quality. I think it's something that we should all internalize as creatives. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not the, uh, not the camera. It's the idiot behind the camera. That's it. Absolutely. I mean, whether it's, whether it's the music or the photography world, it's always, you know, in the music world, it's, oh, if I get that plugin or just that extra piece of software or that other piece of hardware, that's, that's going to bring me to the next level. It's like, you know, you, you look at the plugins you have and learn to use those sure. for goodness sake. Maximize and that. Maximize that, you know, get on YouTube and, and, and watch some videos on, on post-processing and learn, learn. Uh, what you can do to improve your photos from from that side, and then stop comparing yourself to everybody else. It's, yeah, it is a game, isn't it? Right. It, it's, I mean, it's yeah. hard not to. I say that like, oh, stop comparing yourself. Yeah. Like, believe me, I just spent you know six hours on Instagram thinking how much of a failure I am. But you know, that's besides the point because you just need to move past that and just like take what you have or take what you've got in front of you and and make that happen. And don't worry about what other people are doing. Yeah, it helps me to just say it out loud. It feels better. It does feel better, doesn't it? Um, I was actually reading a story the other day. This is like somewhat related, but not entirely related. But I was reading a story the other day um, how a coder found a string of code in Instagram or whatever that basically the cliff is like they're testing the idea or the notion of not being able to see how many likes a photo has. Oh, boy. So like as as the like as, as the as the creator you would see them, but as the general audience, when you're scrolling right. through your thing, you wouldn't be able to see how many likes a piece okay. of art or a piece of a picture has, yeah. right? With the with the idea being that it it takes the focus off of the work, like how many? Oh. Yeah. Well, and I think I mean that's going to blow a bunch of marketing minds wide open. <laughs> but I I read that line and I go, you know what? That's that's not a terrible thing, I don't think, because, you know, it's the equivalent of how well is so-and-so doing or what is so-and-so making? Why am I not yeah. making that, you know? And so, if you were to remove that barrier or you remove that thing and it's no longer a, a hindrance, like, I mean... Yeah. Or how many followers somebody has. That's the big one now. Everybody's yeah, right? always like, oh, I talked to so-and-so the other day. They've got like 40,000 followers. And I'm like, okay, but how much does he make per year? If I was collecting yeah, like, followers, if I paid my rent in followers, I would give a shit. But... I don't like, I, you know, but you like don't. I, I, pay right. my I, I don't know. I think money. <laughs> I get it paid. And I think that that's, that's a really important thing to remember. You know, it's the whole idea of staying in your, staying in your swim lane. Just yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Continue to hone and refine and learn and apply all the stuff that you're, you know, you're absorbing out there mm-hmm. and make your art better. Yeah. Or, or I guess, and know what you want. Like if you're not making your living off of it and what you want is to collect followers, then then go do that. That's fine. Exactly, I get, right. You know, like I can't. I, I I always forget that. Like I can't knock someone who doesn't, you know, pay their pay their bills doing this. Like if what they're doing is just collecting followers, like I collect dollars. Well, that's fine. That's okay that they're doing that. If that gives them a you know whatever a reason to go out or a purpose to go out, then yeah, go for it. You know, like that's okay. I think that's okay in this world. Just realize that, you know, much like MySpace this shit might go away and then you don't right. have all those little hearts next to your name. I mean, and I think having an audience is important. I mean, Agreed. you know, it, there, it's important to have, it's important to have a venue or a, a group of folks that is willing to see what you put out there. I, I do think that sometimes, you know, that becomes that, that, that becomes the goal as opposed to just making good things, right? Yeah. Like instead of making what you want to make or creating the things you want to create or sharing the things you want to share when it becomes a, well, what do I have to do? do here to get this higher i'm pointing using magical air quotes that you can't see right now but like when the goal is how do i get 
X amount of followers or how do I get X amount of likes or then are you know, and if it takes you away from doing what you truly want to do or making your best stuff, then, you know, like that's, I think that's the, the, the balance you have to kind of figure out for yourself. If you- Cause I think sometimes we, I, I go into a corner and I go, Oh man, I'm someone who's got a, a 50,000 followers and yeah. they're making all this great stuff. Like what am I supposed to be doing with that? Like that. And then you start making things with the goal being, follower count no. and i don't think that's a i don't think that's a great i don't think that's a great thing to strive no, for no. The, the thing to strive for is how do you turn however many followers you have whether it's a hundred or five hundred or five thousand or fifty thousand how do you turn any number of those into into your next client that's what i'm always looking at is yeah. is whatever i'm doing on on facebook or you know in my instagram is is a mix of things but um, you know, I'll, I'll do things in my local market, you know, with hashtags to try and, to try and drive that portrait business. Sure. So, but the, the number of followers, gosh, those people, they must've paid somebody for them. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he's pointing oh. fingers. <laughs> oh man. Shots fired. <laughs> but, well, and I mean, like, look, I, I, I don't, I don't have a monumental amount of followers for everyone that does decide to like watch my stuff. I'm so thankful. I'm so appreciative. And thankfully, that number, the quantity of which has never directly affected or hasn't kept me or barred me from getting my next gig. And I think that's the thing to remember for anyone that's like growing their business or they're young in this, this creative craft and like, oh, well, I need to make sure that my follow count is super high or that everything I make gets a, you know, a thousand likes it, that those are all fine pursuits, but don't let that consume you because like that, that's not what, that doesn't translate or always translate into your next job right. or the right. work that you're going to, the body work that you'll complete. Right. It's, it's just the thing, you know? It feels good though. <laughs> Darn it. It's Sorry, weird. I'll say it. It no, feels it, good when, no, like, right. when I it's, post a picture and fucking and 40 people it. like it, it, it makes me feel like it's, you know, it's gratifying. It's like, oh, cool. I did something right. When I was talking to somebody the other day. Yeah, the we said, bits like, of dopamine in your yeah, head. And, but like if Instagram yeah. took likes away entirely, we're talking about yeah. this the other day with somebody, would you still post as much? If you didn't get the, the, the feedback of that's a nice photo or we like that, would you still post as much? Wow. That's, could they comment? No, it's all gone. You just it's post it and you don't know it's what just, happens It's with just it. a board. You You're still throwing it up against the yeah. wall. Probably not. Ashton? Uh, I mean, like, I when was the last time? I haven't don't I can't remember the last time I posted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, put it on my website. Think, you know, that's where I would put it. I think for me, and this is this is knowing that, like, I'm I'm in the same camp as David. Like, I get the little excited. I get excited when people, you know, double tap on my pictures and or comment. This is great, great tones, whatever you want to cliche thing you want to say. <laughs> um, I, you know, I get excited about that and I like that and I know that about myself, but I know that it's also like, it can be destructive because I've also been on the, you know, when I made, when I had the make something project a couple of years ago, this like little personal mm-hmm. thing I did, the drive was like, let me make something every single day. And at first it was purely just for me because I wanted to kind of do this creative exercise and then people started catching onto it and liking it. And it's like, okay, well now the drive is to make sure that I do it so people like it. Uh, and that becomes a lot less a fun, you know, it's like, yeah. It, yeah, and, and like I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I should take my own advice. Like, I <laughs> lost sight of like what was important on it, and it, and I think that's that's a dangerous game to play with a lot of creatives because it then becomes, I got to put something out every single day, or I got to make something that only fits this aesthetic because that's my brand or whatever they want to call it, and 
you know, sure, great, absolutely do you, but like make sure you balance it with some time to like go away, turn off your phone, like space out a little bit from, you know, that that part of the hustle because it it can it can crush you. Yeah. In a not good in a not so good way. <laughs> it's it's a game. It, it's and you know, I have photos that would get those 50 likes or 100 likes or, you know, or I get Canon or somebody else liking my photo right. or Sigma or Tamron commenting on my photo. I'm like, oh, wow. And then the, the next day I or the next week, whenever it is, I, I post what to me is a far even better photo. Nothing. And nothing. And there's crickets. <laughs> crickets. And I'm like, wow. Soul crushing. Clearly, Tuesday at 7 p.m. is not the time. You know, it's, well, you start thinking like that, though. Exactly. You start thinking like, well, maybe yeah. I posted at the wrong time, or maybe it's the color of the photo, or what, like you start going through all those things when really you loved the freaking photo, it, right? And that's that's the most important thing, you know, because like you know, like I said, my website, my Instagram feed, it's it's a mix of what I'm shooting for hire, mm-hmm. portraits, or other event work. And then landscapes and pictures of my dog that are just for me. Right. Um, you know, I don't I don't put iPhone photos on my Instagram feed, right. so it's all things I'm shooting with intent. But I I don't have just portraiture as right. an example on my feed because I mean that's not me. I'm I'm shooting a little bit of everything at this point. Right. I don't I don't necessarily have a, a brand for one thing or another, and I'm fine with that for now. That's so we, ah, you know, that's so wise what he just said. <laughs> so I've been, I'm I've always been big into like personality tests and like Myers Briggs type stuff. And um, I recently like fell into a hole of like internet memes about the type INFJ, which is like the um, what do you call it? You're the advocate style mm-hmm. person, you know, like heavily creative, but also like take everything personally. And it's this whole idea that like I like to do things for me, very much like to do things purely for me, and I'm very motivated. And then when someone tells me I should do that, done. I don't want to do it anymore. Oh. It's like, nope, I, I'm done. I, if you want to tell me to do something, that's telling me I don't want to be told it's, what to do. It's like, amazing I don't you're do still a photographer. I know. Well, it's also the whole idea that there's an urge to create, but then you put it out there and there's like soul-crushing defeat when no one likes yeah. it. It's a very backwards yeah. thing. We should not be in creative <laughs> industries, but that's like how we end up how we end up falling into it. <laughs> All that to say, young people, uh, take a break from Instagram every now and again. It's not the most important thing in the world. You can still have a very, very good creative career without a million Instagram followers. Yeah, true. But if you want a million or you have a million, congratulations, hats off to you. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't posted. Keep doing what you're doing. I haven't posted in two weeks. I'm, I feel really guilty right now. I, I See, gotta go. that's the thing. You I, shouldn't feel guilty. You shouldn't. That's not a thing. That, well, that's the whole thing we're talking about here. Like, It's okay. That's, it's okay to not post for two weeks. Don't post right. for a month. I mean, right. like when you're ready, when you have something you want to share that that means something to you, then you should do exactly. it. Exactly. But the whole idea that you have to be on a schedule every Tuesday at 6 p.m. when your followers are most active, like, right. I don't know. I feel like that's great and all that, but like it diminishes the art, right? Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays, I mean, we're, we've talked about this when we had Katie on the program about the, the ever-growing need for content. There's always this, this, there's always a need for there to always be more stuff coming out right. when you're, if you're, especially if you're a brand, right? You always have to have content. And so, I don't know. I feel like that's great, but we also don't appreciate well-crafted things for as long as we should. That's true. 
You know, it's because it's always disposable. It's the what's the next thing you're going to make? You know, the thing you made today is garbage tomorrow. And that's kind of sad because like, you know, as creative people, we put we put a lot of our emotion, our feelings, we put ourselves into these pieces that we end up putting out into the world. So I don't know, like my whole thing is let your stuff breathe. Be proud of the work. Let it stand on its own. Let it let it fly out there a little bit longer than you think. Yeah. Because like, you know, they talk about how people should go through and like clean their portfolios and feeds, delete like all of it other than your last like 10 right. things. And it's like, sure, if you want to, I mean, no one really scrolls that far down anyway, but I don't know. I think that there's something, there's something to be said about you put the effort in, you put the sweat equity in, revel in that success for a little bit longer if you can, yeah. because we all know that like in the the deep, dark demon inside your head is telling you that you need to be making your next thing. But, you know, yeah, the, try to sit on it a little bit yeah. longer if you can. This is why the marketing side of me loves and hates Instagram stories. You, you put effort into something and it lives for just this 24 hours. It lives, lives for that 24, 24 hours. hours and it's gone. Yeah. I'm like, then why? Why put that effort into right. it? And, you know, I know there's a, there's a method to the madness. So, you, you know, you're putting different kinds of things in your story than you are in your, your regular feed. So, but, but oh, I want it, I want it to be there. It drives, it drives yeah. me nuts. Uh, you know, I've, or I see something that I like and then it's gone. Right, right. I can't, en- yeah. I can't enjoy you can't it. it. You, you can't, can't hold save on it. to it. So. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I, like I, I, I make lots of little widgets for Instagram stories because I think that they're just fun. And I think that's the mentality that I have to try to take when I make a widget like that. It's that this is, this is something I'm doing because I feel it's like that creative impulse. Like I need to go do this. I need to make something right. today. And knowing that, you know what, it's, it's fleeting, right? Tomorrow it'll disappear and no one will remember that it happened, but that's, that's okay. That has to be okay. You got to be careful. You can get real existential and real, real, you know, uh, does my work mean anything? And if nobody sees it and blah, blah, I mean, you can, all right, sorry. I can go down that path real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can drop a few LaCroix and just get there real quick and think like why did i even shoot this today (laughs) that's a bad place to be no because i mean it is the peril of being a creative it is and you know again what was your purpose for picking it up why did you shoot it you know was it to to learn something new or was it or for the fun of it yeah who knows Uh, but yeah who knows (laughs) but you know fleeting moment it's snowing outside like it did in chicago the other day well I'm going outside and taking pictures in the snow because it's not going to be April and it's because it's April. It's you know, but the birds are confused. The birds were confused, so let's take pictures of them. Yeah. It, but the, the next day, it's gone. So, right. uh, but capture it while it's there. Yeah, yeah. Take advantage of the of the time, I guess. So, words to live by by Mike Martin. <laughs> mm. We went we went full circle on that real deep. Yeah, deep. You want to talk about cameras for a second? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, NAB week. Lots of new stuff. I have not paid attention at all. I see like, <laughs> I, I mean, well, so I get all the Adorama and B&H emails. The yeah. NAB week. Here's a sale. Look at this. <laughs> Give us your money. <laughs> and I would be lying if I said I didn't have a couple things in the car. Oh, what do you got? Just, you know, well, I mean, you know. Now you're getting the reminder email. It's still in your cart. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Did you forget something? The magic, yes. the ma- 
Well, and the, the the joke being on them because there's no way in hell that I can afford an Ari Alexa Mini. So not true. You've got a credit card, I mean, my friend. <laughs> hmm. Have to just <laughs> live on. I I'll live in my car, but at least I have an Alexa Mini. Oh, yeah, that Alexa Mini is going to make you millions. Is it? <laughs> is it? That's though? how I feel about gear. <laughs> well, I always think like, what what amazing thing am I going to do with this when I buy it? Like what? How? What? See, I think I don't know. <laughs> well, we've talked about gear philosophies in the past. You're very much of like, if I buy this, I'll force myself to go make cool things, mm-hmm. and I'm a. I get sticker shock really easily and then I get fearful and I'm like, no, let's not do that. Oh yeah. I'll just, I'll just make my mediocre art with this little thing that I have here. I just, I prefer to make my mediocre art with new stuff. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I just like to come over and borrow your new stuff. (laughs) All right. Let's talk cameras. Uh, let's see. Um, we're going to bring up the Panasonic camp again. Let's do it. Um, yeah, the, Let's do the G95. The G95. That's a, it's like a $1,200 mid range with the lens, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it's a, like, it's one of those where they're coming in strong in the mid market. Panasonic has been putting out really nice cameras for the last, like, I'm going to say two years. They've been putting out cameras for many years, but they really stepped up their game in the last two years. And, um, I know for a fact that this one has some really cool features built into it. Um, it's got a really beautiful viewfinder that's nice and big and crisp and all that. And um, But I'm going to stop before I go any further because I've got a... This is a micro four-thirds camera. And if it's one thing that I hate in the world, it's micro four-thirds. I know. Shame. I know. You're going to shake your head and you're going to say tiny sensors are so good and... So... Panasonic is to David as Sony is to Ashley. Pretty much. Here we go. Pretty much. I think what they're doing is great. <laughs> I just don't think it's great for me. And to quote you, I believe you say something like, my brain just don't work that way when you look at a Sony. And that's how I feel about Panasonic. Um, but that being said, let's talk a couple specs real quick. It does 4K uh, UHD in 422, I believe, is the highest. It has you know, five axis image stabilization, which is cool. Um, it feels like a real camera when you hold it in your hands. Shoots logs. I mean, like if you shoot a log. Yeah. If you're budget, if you, it's a bit, but like if you're, if you're in, if you're getting started, you want to make a little movie, you want to have, you want to get into color grading. If you're the marketing manager at Casio and you're looking to make some YouTube videos, this is that kind of camera. It's that kind of camera. It's got a flippy screen for the for the selfie mode. All right, so I think you know, great. It's got some cool features. It's a great little camera with a flip out screen, which everybody loves. Um, bottom line, though, does it does it have two card slots or one card slot? It's got one. One. Yeah, I mean, uh, sounds like a giant piece of crap. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it. They they saved too much money. That's what it was. Yeah. The budget cutting went too far. Yeah. Great job, Panasonic. Yeah, G ninety five. Nope dumpster fire yep. better luck next time all right everybody thanks so much for joining us on episode 11 of office hours a huge thank you uh to to mike um of cassio north america for hanging out with us if he's also a accomplished photographer check him out um we're gonna throw his website and instagram in the comments or in the show notes below 
appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you liked our podcast, please uh, share it with a friend. Trying to get the word out about what we do here, and uh, we would love your help doing it. So until next time, we will uh, see you then.